Welcome to the Tech Cat Show with host Lori H. Schwartz. Each week we hear from established leaders in the technology and consumer industry. Finding out the scoop should never be this much fun. Now, here is your host, Lori H. Schwartz. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Tech Cat Show. And this week, I am interviewing someone that mostly interviews people on his own podcast and on a number of um, different uh, podcasts as well. And that is Josh Mealy, who is the Director of Education and Industry Affairs at NAB, which is the National Association of Broadcasters. And NAB does an NAB show every year um, in Las Vegas and also in New York and also now um, in China. And we'll find out more about NAB in a moment from Josh. But um, one of the things that Josh does is produce weekly shows. And I thought it would be great to to really dig a little bit more into how do you put on a weekly podcast and, you know, content in general. And we, we speak to every week people doing really interesting things on emerging platforms of startups and media folks. And we never really have talked about logistically and conceptually and even culturally how do you produce something continuously? So Josh is going to help us out. So let's have a big Tech Hat welcome for Josh Mealy. Well, hello there, Lori, and thanks for having me. The studio audience is so excited to hear from you, Josh. <laughs> I can um, tell. That's a great audience you've got there. They rival Stephen Colbert's audience on a nightly basis. <laughs> <laughs> well, that energy, God, he has so much energy when he runs out. Um, so, Josh, tell us tell us about your current role and then give us some, some of your background and, and maybe also some background on the NAB as an organization and the show, too. Certainly, certainly. So, uh, currently, I sit here in Washington, D.C., uh, the capital of the United States of America, uh, at uh, the National Association of Broadcasters which is the, um, the advocacy group for your local uh, over-the-air TV and radio stations. So we're talking about, uh, you know, your local ABC, NBC, CBS, and Foxes. And uh, when you turn on your radio dial, uh, anything that comes in in between the static, those are the, the, the broadcasters that we represent. Um, what I do personally, I don't um, advocate per se up on Capitol Hill, which is uh, one of the main functions of our organization. Uh, what I do, though, is I produce educational content uh, and I guess some promotional content, we could say, for, uh, for our members and non-members, for people that work in radio and television stations. So uh, in that capacity, I do uh, some webcasts. Uh, I do some conference education, as we do a lot of conferences, which uh, we'll brush upon as we go through. And then I also produce our uh, our podcasts, which come out of here, which for the last three or four years I've been doing uh, one that's very inward-focused uh, for people in the broadcast industry. And uh, most recently, for the last month or so, I've been producing uh, a podcast for one of our events for our um, our NAB show out in Las Vegas, our big conference, uh, and the host of that just so happens to be uh, everyone's tech hat and mine, you, Ms. <laughs> Lori Schwartz. That's right. There you go. Right, and the, the reason that I wanted to, to share what you do with the audience is just because of the experience of working with you, you know, receiving sort of this content script from you of what the show will be and then how you go out and produce these other segments with four or five other uh, you know, constituents who are all owning sort of categories of the storytelling in the podcast, and then you sew it all together. And it always sounds so great and so polished. So, you know, um, how does how does that happen? You know, and does every show take weeks to do? And just give, you know, I'd love to hear from you, like, you know, how does this how does this become something that you can actually operationalize? It's, I'll tell you what, everything goes from, from concept to when you release anything. Um, it comes back down to what story do you want to tell. So you've got to start there, and once you decide you know, what you want to do, then you've got to understand the parameters of what goes into it. You know, like When you think about, hey, I want to do a podcast, there are various forms of podcasts you can do. You can get super involved and do something like a, a true crime podcast is where there's a bunch of narrative and where you've got to go out and you've got to get interviews with people and you've got to stitch and put all that together. And when it's done, it's done. However long it is, is however long it is. You could do um, a podcast like a, a hardcore history that's out there where it's like 
five or six hours of almost like an audiobook deep dive into a certain subject, but you have to understand whatever you set out to do, there's going to be timing and legwork that goes into it. So that, that's kind of how, as a creator, I always think I need a sandbox. In order to create and in order to play, I need to know what the edges of my sandbox are. Once I've got that figured out, then I've got my little tools that are in there and I can figure out how to build the best product that we can have. Um, in the case of your show, the uh, NAB Show podcast, um, you know, the story we want to tell is, you know, why is the NAB Show an exciting event? I mean, we have 100,000 people that come out to Las Vegas for this. We like to joke that when it happens, our population is as big as that of Green Bay, Wisconsin. So wow. <laughs> how do I encapsulate that? Yeah, it's huge, right? Like I'm a, I'm a stockholder, you know, with the Green Bay Packers. So that's why I love when we use that analogy. But that's that's a lot of people to come to a trade show, right? I mean, that's that's huge. So how do we encompass all of that and give people that are coming news and information that they need, but also an entertainment value and some education and wrap it all into one package. And what we kind of settled on as I was looking for, you know, what we could get done in the time that we had and, and how to tell that story was, let's get a host that knows majority of everything in the space, and that's, that's you, which was great, and let's let them weave through uh, some of the main themes that we've got of the show, and then let's segment out a couple of different things where we can storytell about, you know, what it's like to be there in so much as, like, what food are you going to find? What is it like to be there uh, as far as the look and the aesthetics of things? And then let's find, you know, people that we can interview who are going to be there that our, our audience can identify with and wants to hear from. And, you know, then you try to get everything mapped out and put together and hope that you hit your mark. And so far we're two for two. So, you know, pat on my back, pat on your back. Um, I, I love that. Um, I love that. And I think um, you, you bring up such a great point about, um, you know, really looking at like what your goals are um, for, for all of this. That's you know, my like agent calling. He wants to <laughs> That's spam in my office. Hold on. But but what what the um you know what the whole um the focus of the the actual podcast is because you can go in a lot of different directions and so many podcasts are um you know there's so many different formats. Some of them are purely educational and instructional. Some of them are storytelling. Um, you know, they go really across uh, all the different things. And I guess the question is, if someone wanted to do a podcast now, is anyone going to listen? Because now there are so many. So what what's your opinion also on sort of the ability to reach audience at this point with a podcast? Right. So you figure we're north of 500,000, north of half a million podcasts that are out there. Not, now, not all of them are active. Some of them have, quote unquote, pod faded, which is where someone does a few episodes or a show has its run and they're not doing anything new, but it's still technically in the different podcatchers that you can have, like in your Apple podcast or your Google podcast or the like. Um, to separate yourself, the biggest thing you've got to do, and in my opinion, is whatever you're talking about, whatever your show is about, you've got to be passionate about that. And you've got to be, you know, you've got to be a, a hound about it if you want to promote and push it out there. You've got to understand that the opportunity is there if there's the audience that you want to reach. And authenticity and passion is what's going to bring in listeners. So once you've got a product that's authentic and that's your hosts or whoever are part of it are very passionate about, then it's going to find its niche audience. And it's on to you as someone who's probably experienced in marketing and taking products and, and pushing them out to then expand that and put more behind it to gather more of an audience. But that's really what it comes down to. It's, it's like any show, right? Like if, if the show is good, if the quality of what's there is good, people are going to flock to it. You know, if we think about HBO and Game of Thrones, you know, that was some great source material that was dense that a small part of the population knew. But, you know, the, the Du Bois boys, the guys that produce it, they knew and understood, hey, this is a story that people are going to gravitate towards. And they went all in with it. And they loved what they were doing, loved what they produced. And here we are, you know, seven seasons later, and the countdown is on. And as of, you know, tomorrow, we're two months away from winter officially coming. So, you know... <laughs> that's what you got to do. That, that, that's where it is. My, you know, my passion project before doing what I do here at NAB uh, was I hosted for five years an 80s movie podcast. 
It was called Chips, Dips, and Dorks, and all we did was pick one movie a week and just talk about it. So talk about a Ghostbusters, talk about an E.T., talk about a, a Princess Bride. And, you know, we garnered a, a decent audience, not one we were able to monetize, but that was on us because the amount of people, it was six of us, that rotated in and out with the cast, guys and girls, so we had a, a good split. But we just we never had the time to take it that next level. The authenticity was there. I mean, when we had listeners in over 60 countries, and we really didn't do anything but market on Facebook. That's a testament to the authenticity and the push that was there. And it's it was a communal topic that we all were passionate about. And, you know, that's what it gets down to. If you do that for your content, then it's on you to take the next step and do the marketing. But the listeners will easily come. That, that's great. And that's a great note to, to end our first segment on um, with Josh, Josh Mealy, the Director of Education and Industry Affairs at NAB. And we've been talking about podcasting. We're going to come back and get into some tips and tricks and also some trends and types of podcasts um, that bring success. So we'll be back in a moment on the Tech Cat Show with Mr. Mealy. That's so much fun to say. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. If you currently or aspire to serve on a board or work in a leadership capacity for or with a public or nonprofit organization, where can you turn to get the best advice and practices? How about Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar? Our program discusses challenges facing both public and nonprofit leaders. Don't miss these practical solutions and tips to enhance your leadership style and effectiveness. Leadership Matters airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv. Hi, everybody, and we're back talking to Josh Miley, by the way, not Mealy. And it wouldn't be a Tech Cat show if I didn't bungle somebody's name. <laughs> so it's Josh Miley, Mr. Miley. Um, all right, Josh. So uh, we were we were talking before um, about you know podcasts and what's going on with them. And I would love to know, like, I know you have tips and tricks. I know you, after all these years of doing this, that you have special special sauce around this. So can you give us some tips and tricks around this business of podcasting? Absolutely. And, uh, you know, the first one, which I won't delve into deep because we kind of covered it in our, our opening segment there, was just to understand what your sandbox is and, and the type of show you want to do. Because, you know, as we mentioned, there's reports that are very easy, interviews are easy, panel discussions or one-on-one interviews like you and I are doing are very easy, narratives or, or tie-in, uh, you know, storytelling and stuff like that. It gets a, a lot more involved. So the first trick is just to understand the time and whatever resources you can put into something and go from there because you don't want to promise somebody that you're going to do, you know, this huge, humongous, highly produced thing when you've only got time to do an interview show. So that's number one. Number two is I always love to think when I'm putting together any show uh, specific, especially kind of to what you do and what we've done, it's you always want to be, it's, it's not necessarily, how do I put this? The, the easiest way to say is it's not formulaic necessarily, but it's always got its same kind of tenets. And I always like to, to think about this with the late night TV shows because 
chances are we've all seen one or seen one here and there, and they've all got kind of, they've got their system, right? They've got, hey, we've got a cold open, then we've got a monologue, then I've got a couple of guests, and then I've got music, or I've got a little segment here and there. They give themselves, here's the formula, here's the system for the show, but then within that, I leave myself some room to play. And really, that makes everybody comfortable when they're putting together uh, a show, because you know what you've got to hit. You understand we're going to be doing this at this time, so I've got to be ready and prepped to do that. And then I can take a breath, and then I'm on to the next thing. And really, for a listener, when they start to get into a show and when they want to listen to something you know, religiously, we as humans, we like routine. So where you can find your ways and places to play in there, that's great. But keeping that kind of that systematic formula to what you're doing going and obviously you can let it you know morph over time and it can it can evolve but just sitting with that and making those structural changes slowly as opposed to like every week it's something completely different like that's what helps draw people in so would you agree with that i mean is that how you do tech cat yeah i mean you you have to stick to a formula um number one it's it's easier to mass produce something that has a formula right um and also it's it's part of your brand like it becomes your brand and and uh, and it's comforting to your point, and and people expect it, um, so they know what they're going to get after a while. It's just like when you walk into a Starbucks, um, you know, and you have the future president lecturing us, <laughs> who's running this. You know, but when you walk into a Starbucks anywhere in the world, you know what you're getting. You know, it's that same thing, and so it, it's it's a brand you're building. It most certainly is, and and to that, it comes down to. Whatever your, whatever your show prep is, if you're doing a conversational show versus if you're doing something that you script, you have to understand and, and find your tone. Like, who are you? What are you going to be? Some people like to play characters. Um, when it comes to the authenticity of something, unless you've been properly trained in, say, improv, it's really tough to do a character consistent in an audio format because you're on for so long and so consistent, especially if you're doing something weekly. So uh, it's easier for me to just be myself, uh, which means there's a little bit of quirk in there and a little kind of wink, wink, nod, nod, and a couple of jokes every now and again. Um, but really being yourself and then understanding that if you're going to script something, reading and voicing something is different from how you just normally converse. And just understanding when you build things like that, that you want to, whatever tone you're going for, that's how you've got to write. That's how you've got to script. Um, and for some people, that's a trick. For those of us that were communications majors and, you know, sat and ate everything up in English class back when they were in high school and all that stuff, it just feels innate. So that's where I'm thankful for my background and how everything plays out. Right. So, so most people, because it's audio... Um, it is. It is. You're still putting a show on. You still need to entertain and capture people's attention. So whoever is talking or the, is the host should have a certain performance aesthetic to it of some kind, right? Absolutely. Some, some, yeah. yeah. And and you just you find ways to let your personality shine through, even if you're even if you're writing and then reading from a script because you want to have everything there perfect. You can still find ways to put your personality in it, and you know. Part of that is voice inflection and stuff like that. And, and when people say, well, how do I learn how to do that? The way you learn is you listen to or watch things and just kind of understand. Like, as much as I was trained in, in college to do a lot of these things, a lot of what I learned in college was reinforced from the copious amounts of media that I was exposed to as a child. I mean, being born in 1980 and coming up in the 80s, like I was in the decade that we had a lot of stuff. First decade, really, where there was a lot of programming directed at kids, and also, we had latchkey parents who let us watch things we should not have been watching when we were like eight, nine, and ten years old. So I soaked a lot of that up, and it just made it innate. And and years of therapy later, you feel good about it. I just, it, you know, it's just, it's that thing with like I have friends with kids, and they're like eight or nine, and they're like, we're not going to take them to go see the Marvel movies, and I'm like. I mean, I saw Die Hard when I was nine, and I was okay. I don't understand why you won't take your kid to go see the Captain America. So right, right, I know, and I, I'm afraid that my my child is getting exposed to too much because she just hears me watching CNN all the time. So, oh, <laughs> so, you know, that's so it's a whole, really that's a whole different ball of wax. Believe me, <laughs> that's right. So, what what's the difference then um, between radio and podcast? Because 
in terms of like what we do here on Voice Americas, we we do this live over internet radio, and then it gets distributed through podcast. Um, but to you, is there a conceptual difference between radio content and podcast content? I absolutely. There most certainly is, and it's really you need to look at the medium and where things are going. When you think about radio, it's mass appeal. It's everybody in their car or at home or wherever they've got their radio tuning, tuning in, hearing the same thing all at once. When it comes to a podcast, like we talked about earlier, passion is what's behind it, and it's for niche audiences. I can have an 80s movie podcast where I talk about The Princess Bride, and it just so happens that Aaron Rodgers is my guest because he loved that show, and everybody that loves The Princess Bride is going to listen to that. Not necessarily going to be so on radio where we need mass appeal things, and The Princess Bride came out you know, three decades ago, and maybe we shouldn't be talking about it anymore. Um, as far as audiences go, it's a very localized audience in radio versus with podcast. It's a worldwide listenership. Like I said, I had people in New Zealand. Who knew? People in New Zealand love 80s movies. They were listening to that podcast. Um, you know, uh. radio, people tune in and out. You know, they're back and forth. With a podcast, people always start at the beginning. So when you talk about radio, you want to be, you know, it's short little snippets, but you want to be on, bam, the whole time. So if somebody jumps in and hits you for the last 10 seconds of what you're saying, you're right there with it. Podcasts, you've got a little bit more time to play with things, but people are starting with you right at the beginning, so you've got to tell a story. And then, you know, of course, radio, there's a lot more music. We've got some kind of rights issues in podcasting since it's a downloadable piece of content uh, versus what sort of performance rights you have and what you can use. And then, you know, just to sum it all up, put the period on the sentence, radio's fleeting. You know, the DJ's on for 20 seconds, we're into the song, and we're out on the, on the way that it goes. Podcast, long shelf life. You know, the first podcast I did here at NAB four years ago can still be found in, in iTunes. So there you have right, it. Right. Uh, that, that's a really, really good way to look at the, the two formats. And, um, and in terms of where the podcast goes, do you believe in like, you know, record it and then distribute it absolutely everywhere? Or are you someone that's like, I'm only putting it on Sprecher and iTunes and that's it? Or what's your sort of strategy there? Because there are so many podcast, uh, you know, listening solutions now. The, there most certainly are. The, the, the thing and the beauty of it all is, first of all, you know, until numbers change and everything, you most certainly have to put your show <clears throat> in iTunes and Apple Podcasts, because that's where the majority of listening happens. Number two is Spotify, and then the list kind of falls from there. However, these you mentioned Spreaker. It's a distribution platform, and what that means is when you put it in there, you're able to then push it out to these different places. You know, From there, you can submit it in, in different spots, and it all can get attributed back to the numbers that you've got through your, your host where it's going. Like you're, when you have your distribution platform, that's basically where it curates and keeps all the numbers for wherever you've put your, your, your audio piece out there so you can have attribution to that. So, you know, personal opinion, put it in as many places as you want because they're not charging us to put it anywhere. And it's all about discoverability, right? Like you want as many ears listening to your show as possible. You don't necessarily care how or where they are getting it. So why not go for it? Right, that's another that's another great po- point. Um, we're going to take um, a break in a moment, but um, can you tell us any good trick that you you use when you're producing a show? Anything that you you know is like a special a special trick that you've come up with? I love the whoosh when I'm going <laughs> kind of from when there's a segment <laughs> that's ending or. Yeah, the whooshes are the best. A segment or a or an interview like that's a good way. Because transition, you can spend hours thinking like music transition from this to that with whatever, you know, pre-produced studio music you've got licensed to that you're able to use. Uh, let's, let's put that out there um, to tie back to one of my points earlier. But that can be daunting and take a lot of time. If you get, you know, sound effects of like 8, 9, 10, or 11 different kinds of whooshes to switch from one thing to another, it, it sounds... Make sure you don't get one that's too harsh, but it, it sounds simple and it's a good breakup between one piece of content to the next so you can transition over and make things just smooth. God, it that's would be so that's great. My little, that's my little nugget. It would be so great if we had a whoosh right now to cut to the spot 
<laughs> to get to the next commercial. Maybe we'll insert it later. Um, but we, we have to take a break. But when we come back, um, we're continuing to cha- talk to Josh uh, Miley about um, the, you know, the art of the podcast and creating weekly content and storytelling and audio, really, which is something we'll get into a little bit more in the next um, segment. But we'll be back in a moment on the Tech Cat Show with Josh. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. Are you a business leader or executive that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways. Listen for the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. The Business Elevation Show can be heard live on Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, usually 4 p.m. U.K., on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv. Okay, and we are back talking to Josh Miley, the Director of Education and Industry Affairs at the National Association of Broadcasters, and a very experienced podcaster and radio producer and and just content creator. So are there a set of tools, Josh, that you prefer to use in this world of of creating podcasts? Uh, Definitely. I am a... um, I'm a... Adobe Audition guy, so that means I'm, you know, I'm with the Adobe suite of products. So technically, you know, I've got my hands on uh, anything from Premiere to um, Photoshop and all that. But for the audio editing specific, it's Audition, and it's been that way, oh my goodness, since uh, my days as a production director back at uh, 106.3, the heat on the eastern shore of Maryland in 2003. The, so the heat. I'm, I'm about, <laughs> yeah, 106.3, the heat. So I did a little on-air shift when I was there too. So you do have that voice. I mean, you really do have that voice. But what, what, um, what about what, what about Adobe Audition? Do, do you like? Because I've played with so many different things, and sometimes I end up when I do have to edit, and I don't actually have to do that much editing because I'm not doing as much of a, a prepackaged show. But um, I use Final Cut just because I used to edit video, and so I'm just really comfortable with it. But what what is it inside of Adobe Audition that you like so much? Is it is it really good interface? It's it's simple interface. It's to the point where like the effects that are there, everything's everything's been there for a really long time. They've just refined kind of what they are and where you can find them. So it's it's easy to get to, and it just like everything to me when I'm working in really any of the uh, audition any of the Adobe products. It just feels like. Uh, getting to the point where I want to be, where I don't think it'll be necessarily when I'm still editing, but hopefully my kids or your kids, when they get to the point and they want to do editing, where, I mean, it just, 
when you're in front of it now and you got to use the mouse, it's great, but eventually aren't we going to get to the point where it's all just going to be touchscreen and I can just slice here, do this and that with my finger, and then it's all going to be done and it takes me three times less time? It feels like within and what they're building towards with the Audition products, or with the Adobe products rather, is all trying to get to that, and I'm stoked and excited for whenever we get there. Again, probably thinking it's not going to be till 2050 or whatever. Well, you just uh, totally made a minority report reference there, and that whole like how they um, sorted through video um, on that in that movie was actually designed oh, yeah. by by professional user interface folks based on like where things are going, and that was like what was that ten years ago or something? Um, so well, I think I, we're, I, we're looking at maybe like fifteen or something. Oh my That's gosh! Definitely. I mean. Yeah, Tom Cruise still looks about the same. I mean, he's a little bit more jacked these days, which I don't know how that works. The older he gets, the bulkier he gets. But <laughs> well, I think he, speaking of tools, he has access to, to great tools <laughs> to keep yes, looking. He does. <laughs> so you were you were mentioning, um, you know, what the future is going to be like technology-wise, and you know, just for a, a quick conversation, you know, because what I have found just as a stra- as a content strategist that. All these voice-activated personal assistants have really revitalized audio um, as a content form um, because it's so easy to just say, Alexa, play music, or Alexa, play NPR, or Alexa, play NAB's podcast, or whatever it is. And then you don't even have to think about, is it coming from Sprecher? Is it coming from Pandora or Spotify or Amazon? I mean, it doesn't really matter where it's coming from. All you care about is that the access to a sentence that will get you there. Absolutely, and it's the simplicity of all that, right? And that it's starting to go in, you know, it's in your home, it's it's coming to your car in some capacities. I mean, uh, Amazon's coming to the cars, you know, in a couple of instances, but you've also got, you know, if you've got uh, an Android device or if you're like me and you have an iPhone, you've got Android Auto and Apple CarPlay where you can call these things up. Um, and, you know, it's it's... My duty to point out that your local radio station is still there and that you can call up your local radio station in, on, in all of these apps in some capacity and, and find it. Um, the big thing and what we're all kind of learning when it comes to voice, right, is that as we're, we're there, but we're not 100% there yet. Like we're still having those conversations with Siri or with, with whatever device it is where you say, uh, play me this, and they're like, sorry, I can't find that. You're like, play me this song by this artist, and then they know what it is. Or, you know, you've got your little, we're just, we're getting there, but we're not 100% there yet with the AI. Do you, um, as a creator of content at an organization that is really about at the forefront of looking at all these trends, do you guys talk about discoverability when you're creating content and how can we make it, you know, found easier uh, because I, I know some like NPR has done a lot of studying of um, voice activation and how do people think cognitively about sound. And so they've chopped up all their shows accordingly. Um, but, but is that a conversation that's in the halls at NAB right now? Like how do people find this stuff? It most certainly is. And it's some of the things that we focus our education for our members on. I mean, as much as for our content that we, we make sure we do it for, for our couple of podcasts that we put out there, it's more so, you know, we've got members who, you know, I mean, that's what they do for a living. Like, as much as what I do for a living is create audio content, I do it for a very small select group, whereas my members, you know, the radio stations of America, they do it for, you know, their entire community. So making sure that they understand how and what to do and how it's, it's different in different places and that, you know, a lot of times the, the biggest thing that you need to impart to people and it, it's just, it, it comes down, it's, it's human nature again, but it's like we all only kind of have one shot at this. Like the first time they say, you know, Alexa, play Tech Cat Show, like it needs to be there, it needs to be right on point and it needs to come right strong with it. It can't make it, you can't make it tough for your person on the user end. If the user experience the first time to go with anything is not good, you're not going back there. Like if you go to a restaurant and you have a bad experience, why are you ever going to go back to that restaurant? Oh my God, that's such a, a great, a great point. And, and, you know, do you think that a lot of professionals like right now, they just have to keep educated? I mean, education should be a big part of your professional life at this point because things are changing so fast. 
A hundred percent. I mean, it's it, and that's kind of been, I guess, the world I grew up in. There's there's part of you that always wishes it was like the simpler times when you just could have your your nine to five and blink and thirty years went by, but everything was fine and you got paid good money and you had the house and you sent the kids and yeah, you had little complaints here and there, but everything was okay. <laughs> But that's not the way that it is, right? Like we've got to, it's like, it's like evolve or die now. Like you've got to understand things are coming so fast that if you want to be at the forefront of things, if you want to be a, especially if you're in media at, at, in, in front of everybody consistently, you're going to have to be nimble with what you do. And that disruption is, is tricky for a lot of different industries and a lot of different media companies and, and places within media and that's you know that's a struggle people deal with and thankfully i think majority of broadcasters are at ahead of and 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 ad- adopting and adapting um and and you know just to give a quick promo to the nab show and what that show is all about and doing this podcast with you and you know granted you know, you are NAB as an organization is a sometimes uh, client of mine, but I also find that going to the show, um, I learned so much about where the industry is going just from seeing the tech on the exhibit floor. And I talk about this a lot with all the different shows I go to, but I find that just seeing something in the context of how it's being used, whether it's like available right then and there or not, is so helpful to my sort of broader understanding of where things are going. A hundred percent. I mean, it's, you know, we all like to say, and here it is, the tagline, media, entertainment, and technology coming together in one place. And it's the largest global event for that. So you get to see from 160 different countries, people coming in to see where and how media is evolving, changing, making itself, where monetization strategies are, the whole kit and caboodle. I mean, I lucked out last year, and that included being able to walk Zach Braff around our exhibit hall for 45 minutes. So, Oh, how you know, fun. Got, was he nice? Oh, he was great. And, you know, as, as you, one might tell, of course I am a fan of Scrubs, and J.D. was like, right. like walking him around was, was it was a blast. We'll leave it at that. Okay. Yeah, there are about. often um, celebrities at NAB because it's all about content and all the networks and studios are there. So that that's another um, really fun piece. But I think you bring up a great point that what we're really talking about is the integration of content, media, storytelling, and tech, and that you want to put yourself where all those things are sort of swimming around each other because the very nature of how we're recording the show right now and how... Not easy, but just I went out and got a great mic, and so now I'm a podcaster. You know what I mean? Um, so, so making sure that all that stuff comes together in your thinking um, when you put your strategy together for your show. A hundred percent. And people can learn more at nabshow.com or by listening to Lori H. Schwartz on the <laughs> NAB Show podcast. <laughs> Why, well, thank you so much. Or on the Tech Hat Show or on the numerous things that you're doing um, Josh, and do you have a, a uh, you know, like a favorite bit that you do on shows as a host? Like, do you have a go-to that, that is, is your thing over the years? You know, I, not really, just because as it, as it plays out, I think it's, there are different aspects for each show. It's whatever kind of, whatever stories need to be told for whatever show you're doing, that's what you want to hit. I know, you know, when I opened the 80s movie podcast show, we would always open with kind of breaking down, you know, what day did it come out and what came out with it? Because you start finding out, like, especially when you're in 1984, there are insane weeks where it was like, you know, June whatever, and you're like, oh, Ghostbusters came out, but this little movie called Gremlins also came out that month. By the way, uh... X came out that month as well. Like there are so many months where there's like these huge named movies that came out. And then the big thing I love to do at the end of each one was just a random question of the week, because as much as we wanted to talk about the film, I wanted people to get to know the cast, because if you know and really enjoy and are invested in the person that you're listening to, then that draws you in further. So when we had the random questions, sometimes they were tied to the movies, but sometimes it was just just a flat out complete tell me something about your life question, introspective thing that people would talk about. And, and that, that really, that worked for that audience, that worked for the goal of that show. Yeah, it, it's funny too, because some of my favorite shows, you know, you're always excited when that bit happens. Um, 
like Mark Mayron, I just love his, I, I wouldn't say it's one bit in particular, but I just love his snarky attitude. <laughs> I just love, <laughs> like, it's just so um, key to it. It's so intelligent and edgy, um, you know, um, and of, for a while I was really addicted to cereal like like everybody else, which I think kind of, do you think, do you feel like cereal sort of brought the word podcast out to the world more? Like it sort of became a bigger thing? Yeah, that's that's kind of when when hip got attached to podcasting because it's it's one of those things where, you know, if we straw polled, you know, 20 or 30 people on the street and said how long has podcasting been around, majority are probably going to tell us between 2010 and 2013 is probably when it started, when really it's been around since like 0506. So, huh. 100% like Serial shined a big light, and now, obviously, as we can see, there's a lot of huge names and huge players that are in the space, uh, including, you know, Ron Burgundy, who, in case you hadn't heard, is kind of a big deal. So, (laughs) there you go. All right, we're going to be back in a moment with Josh Miley, Director of Education at NAB, talking more about audio, podcast, radio, content creation, um, and uh, maybe we'll hear about something uh, about his personal life in the last segment. I don't know. We'll see what, what I can get out of him. We'll be back in a moment. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform. Innovate. Create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, for the Money Answer Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv. Hi, everybody. We're back, and we've been talking about podcasting and some of the technology that now used around some of the strategy and some of the trends in audio in general with Josh Miley, who's the Director of Education and Industry Affairs at NAB, the National Association of Broadcasters, which is a trade uh, organization and also a show. And, and Josh, the show happens, there's one in April, which is the one that I go to, which is fairly large. There's also one in New York and there's one in Shanghai. Are all the shows different? Uh, they are. I mean, they're all looking at media, entertainment, and technology for sure. And the one in, in Las Vegas uh, is the largest. Um, New York is the one that we do in October and it's really uh, hyper-focused on that market and all of the different um, media that happens there, which obviously it is a very large media market uh, for those that would not know, but I think everybody does. So <laughs> a lot of fun. It's, it's smaller. I mean, it's only two days uh, as opposed to the Vegas one, which, you know, if you're looking at exhibits and stuff, I mean, it goes, uh, exhibits in Vegas go like Monday through Thursday, and there's conference stuff from like, uh, I think actually Saturday through Thursday. So as opposed to being like five, six days, it's only two. Um, but it's, it's where you can, once again, 
meet and mingle with a lot of people within your space, which is very exciting. And, you know, I have podcast education in, in both places, which is exciting. And, you know, it's just bringing communities together. That's, that's the big thing about any, any trade show, be it ours, be it any of the other ones out there, whatever your, you know, if you work at the Vinyl Siding Institute or you work in Vinyl Siding, the Vinyl Siding Institute is going to put on a trade show for you so you can meet and mingle with the same of your kind from all across the country. That's what NAB show is. It's for the media people to come and meet and mingle with all of their peers. The vinyl siding, is anyone in your family in vinyl siding? I just think that's interesting that you brought that up. <laughs> Uh, no one is, but one of my good friends here, when you work in DC, you meet people with random jobs and she works at the Vinyl Siding Institute doing their marketing and they do indeed have themselves a conference. They're actually housed in the Home Builders Association's building, which makes complete and total sense. <laughs> well, and speaking of marketing, let's, let's talk a little bit about, um, cause you have some great content about how to put together a podcast and one of the the sections of it is really where after it's even if it's distributed, how do you drive people to those platforms? And so, should every podcast instantly go on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat? I mean, did you just stick it everywhere once you do one, or is there a bigger strategy there between using the channels differently? There's most certainly a, a different strategy, and it all once again comes down to the type of show that you're doing. If you're doing a business focused one or one that you think, you know, the nine to five crowd is into, then LinkedIn is 100% where you want to go because chances are your your people are there. It's basically wherever your people are going to be communicating, that's social media wise, that's where you want to be. And it's, it's one of those things, especially if you use like a Facebook um, that you want to build your own page for. You don't want to necessarily just put it out through your own channel unless you as yourself have determined yourself as a brand. But when we think about Facebook, typically, you know, my Facebook page is about me and communicating with my friends, which, yeah, if I do a really cool podcast or something really fun, I want to put it up there. But that's not the whole point of it. I want to have a whole page for my show so I can grow and curate and bring in other people who are not necessarily currently in my network. Because let's be honest, like, when you're a podcaster, it's great. And when you've got an exciting podcast, it's even greater and it's fun to talk about. And you could have your best friend in the world and you can say, this is the most amazing thing I've done. It's such a blast. It's You and I grew up together. You're going to love it. I'm going to love it. you got to listen. And chances are they're going to be like, um, can I say it was great and tell people I listened but not really listen because I don't have the time. You know, it's like people need to make their own choices even if they're your friends. So you're not always just going to get that from your network, but that's why you want that extra page and that different page so that you can go out and curate and find the people who found you who are invested in your content. So the so the brand of the show is separate from you if that if that's indeed the case. Um, right. Unless, unless you, unless what you put on your social media, like on your Facebook page is, is like a branded thing, unless you're going out there as, you know, the per brand persona that you've got and you're not really using it to communicate with friends and family on that more personal of level. If it's, if that's what you use for your business, if your brand and business is what you use your social for, then it's okay to put it there because that's part of your brand versus, uh, being on the personal side of things. And are you someone that, do you just, uh, you know, like link to it through the widgets on, on the, on the uh, you know, podcast site, like you're on Sprecher, so you'll just share it through Sprecher? Or do you go to the different platforms or maybe are you using a social media, you know, Hootsuite type of tool? Because I know there's pluses and minuses to all of those different things, but when you're creating so much content, you have to have sort of an approach. Exactly. And, and here the strategy, the, the, the beauty is, you know, when you work for an organization, everybody's got their job. So like mine is producing the content and then I've got a marketing team that kind of pushes it out. So I don't necessarily share everything that I do for NAB. So what we do is for like the Twitters and, and Facebook and, and the like is, yes, they do connect through and make sure they push the players out. Basically, you just want to find the easiest way for people to access your content. So if we're talking about a Spreaker, when you, uh, when you use their feed to publish it to Twitter, it goes with a link that when people click it, it just, it's the player and it plays. So 100% want to do that. 
doesn't necessarily have that connection when it comes to LinkedIn. So what we decided to do is on LinkedIn, we're putting an image that fits their image uh, parameters perfectly up there that talks about what the episode is and then have the direct link to where they can go and find it quickly or find how they can download and stuff like that. Um, same goes for emails. That's the other big thing, especially if you um, if you've got a network or if you work for a business where you've already got everybody the easiest way to market your content is through emails to your people saying this is out there we've created this for you that's like that's the biggest way to cast the widest net which is why you know no matter what you're doing you always want to be capturing data and capturing connection points to your audience so that you can always remind your audience when something new comes out that's awesome. Um, now, we're going to be wrapping up soon, Josh, but before we go away, where can we um, follow and find you? Where are all the different hashtags and things that we should access to to, to basically digitally stalk you? There we go. Uh, the biggest one is at Sense in D.C. That's uh, C-E-N-T-S-I-N-D-C. It uh, comes to my old college nickname, which was Two Cents, uh, shortened to Sense. Uh, and where I currently am at. So Sense in DC is where you can find me on Twitter. Uh, as far as all of the fun shows that I do, you can, you know, the NAB show podcast, the NAB podcast, the radio show podcast, which you really didn't mention all that much. But uh, those can all be found if we go to nab.org and look under education. Uh, there's a little podcast tab, and that's going to kind of where you'll find all that good stuff. And then I am on Facebook. You just got to look for Josh Miley, but uh, I do have that kind of, you know, protected. So we'll have to see uh, how friendly we can be and we go from there. <laughs> well, you LinkedIn, are after you can all. find me on LinkedIn as Josh Miley, and that's easy. You're, you are, after all, an international podcaster and radio celebrity, right? Why, your words, I'm not going to dispute them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have been chatting it up with Josh Miley, who is the Director of Education and Industry Affairs at NAB, and we'll, we'll all be at the NAB show in April um, doing some podcasting and panels and all sorts of great exhibit content um, and just learning all about the industry there. And Josh, thank you so much for taking the time to, to drop some insights on, on the actual thing that we're doing here. You're very, very welcome, and I'm very happy that I was able to vamp as long as I did on marketing so as to uh, cover up the time where you're going to ask me personal questions. Oh, yeah, I did forget to do that, didn't I? All right, well, we have to go, but um, perhaps I'll post something personal about you in our social media feeds. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, next week um, we'll be back with hopefully someone as interesting as Josh and maybe some personal information about them as well. See you next week on the Tech Cat Show. Thanks so much for listening to the Tech Cat Show. Please join Lori H. Schwartz again for another great program next Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel and syndicated to the Voice America Women's Channel. 